0: Welcome to the, it's going to be good podcast sponsored by a crew. This is the place where Jill and I talk about how to build your accounting firm in a way that is healthy and sustainable. So you can focus on doing meaningful work with exceptional people. Uh, and this is actually going to be take two of this podcast, uh, because we listened to the first recording and it did not sound amazing. It wasn't, we weren't <laughs> thrilled with the, the result of that. So take two, we're going to try again and see if we can, uh, we can get there and sharing this idea. Um, but this is a really helpful idea. It's been impactful for us. Um, and it's an idea from a book called Discipline of Market Leaders. And we were introduced to this uh, on a podcast as they were explaining this idea. and the, the basic gist is that there are three primary areas of focus for a company. And by choosing one of these areas of focus, rather than trying to be good at everything, you're going to be a lot more effective. And a lot more strategic in the market. And so the three primary areas where you could focus would be product leadership. So we are the best at doing this. We have the best product. It's the highest quality. You know, that kind of excellence in, in quality is, is their um, differentiator. Uh, the second would be operational excellence. So it's it's really efficient. It's really easy. It's not, there's low friction in getting this product. Um, and then the third place would be customer intimacy or what we would probably call client experience experience. So it's that sort of tailored bespoke, you know, we know you, we know what you're looking for. And this is something that's going to be very custom for you. And so it's really helpful to consider which of those might be your focus. And, and actually in the podcast, they shared a really helpful analogy. Um, so Jill, I know that
1: you really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I, I love coffee. So as soon as they were like, "It's like coffee shops," I was like, "Yes, this is my this is my analogy." Um, so yeah, I the product leadership analogy that they use is that local coffee roaster who sources those best beans in the world. So you're getting the best possible product at the end, and you just love the coffee because it's perfect and wonderful, and they take all the science and all the things that they do to roast the coffee. I clearly know so much about coffee. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Operational excellence is much more like that Starbucks vibe where you're really going in, you know, you're ordering on the app, picking it up at the window where you don't have to wait in any lines. You're really just grabbing and going. And it's about that efficiency. And then the customer intimacy analogy is that local coffee shop where everyone knows your name. It's like cheers and you walk in and they've already got your order on lock and they're typing it in as you walk up. It's it's that kind of um, experience where you just feel known. You feel like this is my place. These are my people. And so there's, they're totally different focuses and they're totally different vibes and they have totally different functions. But what I like about this analogy is it doesn't value one over the other. It's about preference. So I really like really good coffee but i don't always want to go to a local roaster who's going to source the beans and talk to me about where in guatemala they got them or where, <laughs> whatever they were we're always got talk about. a
0: mustache for some reason the always. dudes in the back they always got that mustache waxed up yeah like- It's the
1: ro- roaster <laughs> uniform uh- <laughs> 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 and, and, but like they're tight and i don't i'm not a you know starbucks is um Starbucks is the fast one, you know? I don't have to talk to
0: anyone, Jill. I don't have to talk to anyone. I love it. Just (laughs) like
1: I don't always want
0: to talk to someone. Sometimes I want to type some things into my phone and then a coffee appears and I didn't have to do any of the thing. Like sometimes that's what you want and you know it's going to be the same coffee When you are in one town versus another, you're going to get the same experience no matter what. And so there's some, you know, um, like you know what to expect. Whereas sometimes you walk into that local coffee shop in a town where you've never been and it's like maybe it's the awesome one. Maybe it's the one where they know everybody but you don't live there and so they don't know you. (laughs) And so it's super awkward for you but everyone else is known. Must be nice. Um, You know, so (laughs) – Each of these has a value. Each of these has a place depending on, you know, what you're looking for. And also I would say depending on what your ideal client is looking for. So I think if you can figure out which of these best aligns with you and best aligns with what you are trying to do in your firm, it's also super helpful to figure out um, what kinds of clients would best resonate with this because the kind of client who would want the most excellent coffee probably doesn't care whether it's super fast. They care that it's really good. You know Um, a kind of client who wants that, you know, grab and go type experience doesn't want to stop and do the pleasantries. They're not looking for a stop and chat. They want to put it in on their phone and get the thing and then go, Um, you know, and someone who wants that like lovely experience um, is probably okay with it costing a little bit more or is okay with it being a little bit slower, you know? So it really just in defining your bend, it can also help you kind of figure out why some of the clients you really like working with are clients that you really like working with. Um, but I think as we started to play with this idea and started to really figure out, Oh, that is helpful because for our firm, we used to say we do things differently but it's mm-hmm. hard to say you do things differently without an implicit value judgment on other people not doing things the way you do. Because yeah. there's an there's an idea there that the way you do it is right or better or something. And so it was really hard to describe to new team members like why we care so much about certain things we care about that other firms don't care about without inadvertently sounding like we're kind of saying that other firms suck and they don't.
1: <laughs> they do not at all. And I think that was so helpful for us in recognizing even how to speak about those differences, because it isn't a value judgment. They're all important. And we do focus on all three. How much we focus on all three is vastly different. So our efficiency keeps us in business because that is the way that we make a profit. If you can take however long you want on whatever you'd like, and time is of no... Object to us, then that expense gets really out of control and unwieldy. Whereas if you are focused on making sure that your clients have a really good experience, that is much more time consuming. So it will be more expensive in time but it may be less expensive in other ways maybe you have a team of people that's really relational and so you'll you know retain team members better if you're focused on that client experience because that's the bend of your firm and that's the bend of your team and so you're looking for that connection point you're looking for for that human touch that's really prevalent and i think that is helpful to identify as just a different Focus, and then on the other side, the the product leadership. If your focus is in, on providing the best product, that is also more expensive than that operational excellence. But if your focus is on that, then that end result will be great and the clients that want the end result to be excellent and perfect if they want their taxes to be a, a precisely right down to the penny and everything recorded exactly as it happened in the real world with no questions or discrepancies it's going to be a completely different workflow than someone who's focused on getting that stuff out the door as fast as possible so i think it's really help it was really helpful in us understanding where our pulls on attention are so anna from your perspective what is our top and then what like percentage would you give to each for our focus at a crew?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, well I know what our top is, uh, cause if we were talking about this in a podcast and we had not clearly defined it, uh, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> Making decisions on um, the podcast. <laughs> all right. What do we focus on now? Uh, no, I, our, our, Primary focus is on uh, customer intimacy, which we refer to as client experience. Um, but in terms of percentage of the other areas, dang it, I'm also really bad at percentages, um, which makes me sound like a terrible accountant. But um, I would <laughs> say maybe just value judgment between the three in terms of our focus. That'll that'll be easier for my brain. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> client experiences are number one. I would say secondary to that would be product leadership and third would be operational efficiency. Um, and, and actually as you were talking about that idea, I, I had an aha moment of, Oh, with this client experience bend, that might be why we have very relational team members. I do wonder what the overlap is for us to have very kind, lovely to one another, very collaborative people when we put so much focus on relationships and effective communication and making it easy to work with us so that how can you make it easy to work with each other? And it never really occurred to me until this moment (laughs) that there's a dot to connect there. So yeah, learning stuff all the time. So fun. Um, But I, I will say with the other two things, they are not unimportant to us. Um, But the focus on them is in service of the primary focus. So product leadership, we want the books to be excellent enough to contribute to a great client experience. For Mm -hmm. operational efficiency, we want, or operational excellence, we want to operate in a way that you can depend on us sending you reports on time or, you know, getting things done in a reasonable way, Um, having process that's consistent. And across time in service of you having a great experience in working with us. So there isn't no focus on the other areas, even when you choose to plant your flag in one of them. It's just how much you focus on them and having that focus be in service of that primary focus versus trying to be good at everything and spending a lot of time and effort in a lot of different directions and really having a hard time finding focus. So, do you do you feel differently about that that order? I'm curious what your thoughts are.
1: No, I feel exactly the same, but I would actually if I were to give them percentages cuz that's how my brain works. Great. obviously I Please ask the question. Do. <laughs> I would say it's probably 70% customer intimacy or client experience. It's probably 20% product leadership and 10% customer int- uh, sorry operational excellence or operational efficiency we say. Um I think it might be that because because we do care but the majority of our efforts are going toward that client experience because that's what we've decided is the most important thing for us. This has helped us clarify who we want to work with, who we don't want to work with, how we want to work with them, how we even want to present, how we want to work with them. Like we we talk about um we talk a lot about how we train our AMs and how we want our team to interact with clients. And so we've built out this immense and, and robust training around account management and how you interact with clients. And that is absolutely in service of that client experience because how you communicate is almost exclusively what clients receive from you. So we know that those touch points via email or via slack or or whatever it may be are the are the deliverable sometimes. Like that's that's the point at which your client knows that you are doing literally anything for them. And so that point, and then the deliverable, but in between that, you you really have to focus, um, on, on making sure the books are good and making sure that you can deliver that thing. But along the way, the only input that client gets is what you say to them and so we care a lot about what our team says to them because everyone is different everyone is unique but we don't want it to feel jarring if you are working with an account manager who you really enjoy you vibe it's great it's a good fit you know they they meet your needs in a really great way and that person you know goes on vacation gets a new job gets a new position Has a baby, whatever it may be. And now we're switching team members, and you are having an entirely different experience with that team member. It can be really jarring and and it can be really risky with clients. And so we want it to be consistent, which is that operational excellence, too. So there's not none of it, there's some of that in it. We want it to be consistent across team members, but we'll dive into what we expect you to do, how we expect you to do it and what that looks like, what it feels like, the why behind it. But most firms aren't diving all the way deep into the email part of what we do. They're like, you got to know how to do the books and you got to know all the accounting information and you have to know all the nitty gritty of the technical. But because our aim is in that client experience vein, we're really focused on communication. And that is definitely unique and not superior. It's just different. It's just different from other firms. Um, I'm curious how this has come up for you, Anna, in interacting with other firms. You mentioned you used to talk about us being different. And then you realize there's an inadvertent kind of qualitative statement underlying that. Um, But once you realized what our focus is, how did this shift the way that you were thinking about and talking with other firms, other business owners? Like what, what did that look like?
0: Yeah. Uh, one of my absolute favorite things to do. I love doing this on zoom. I love doing this in conferences, like, and, and where, wherever I can get it, I'm about it, which is just chatting with other owners. Like, what do you guys do? Like how you guys handle this? Like, what do you do when this happens? Like, I just, I'm, I don't know. Business is my hobby, I guess. So like, it's (laughs) also just that like, it's fun for me. Um, and thankfully not just me, um, or everyone's putting up with me. One of the two. Um, but I I am able to have a lot of these kinds of conversations. And I, I remember pretty vividly one that I had with um with another firm owner and and I was asking some questions and he was kind of explaining some of the way they do things. And this idea just clicked in for me. And I said, Hey, of these three things, which one do you think you are? Uh, which one do you think your firm's focus is? And he said, oh probably like product leadership and it was like oh yeah um any input i would give is going to be probably really different because that's not our focus so the way that you structure some of your process or the way that you train some of your people or some of the things you guys care about or don't care about are just going to be super different than us so let me shift my brain into being in that mindset and then i could give you some suggestions that might actually be helpful or useful for you but aren't necessarily how we do it just could be helpful because I understand this as a different aim than ours. So that mindset of being able to, identify someone else having a different focus than you and understanding that focus such that you could better empathize with them where they're at and meet them in a way that could be helpful to them, not necessarily here's how we do it. And that's the right way. Um, but Mm -hmm. Oh, if that's your aim, maybe here's how you could do this thing that would align with that focus. Um, it, it really helped in having that conversation and going, Oh, You're different than me, turns out. How about that?
1: (laughs) This episode of the It's Going to Be Good podcast is sponsored by Keeper. Keeper is a great tool for running your bookkeeping or accounting practice. When month end rolls around, the file review feature is what we use most at Accru because it really highlights inconsistencies across months and makes it easy to spot errors and fix them quickly. Once you've made the updates needed, Keeper will also automatically update QBO for you. I really like the dashboard feature, so I can see from a really high level the status of all of our clients' month-end close and make sure that our operations are on track. You can also use Keeper to send transaction questions to clients, create custom management reports, share a branded client portal, file storage, and so very much more, and Keeper is always working on their product. Are you ready to improve your practice? Check out Keeper.app and use our code GOOD20, that's good 2 to get 20% off your first three months. That's a great point because I think a lot of times we struggle to take ourselves out of our own mind and see things from a different perspective, we, we struggle sometimes as human beings just to understand that we are not like all other people, that that there's so much variation and difference in the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we behave, the the values we hold. And so it's really helpful to take a step back and just say different. You think differently. You operate differently. Your focus is different. Let me pivot with you. And it makes for some really great conversations with clients as well. I I know we've had some conversations about this with a few of our clients that we do consulting for. And it's so interesting to see a some of our smartest business owners that we know just have aha moments of like oh now i know what's important to my company and where my focus and effort and attention should be going and it's so like exciting to see someone kind of click into that um, because that's how you make strategic decisions if you are not planning your flag in any of these you will do none of them well. If you're trying to plan it in all of them, you will do none of them well. If you can focus on one and, and make the other two lower priorities, but still priorities, you can have a pretty phenomenal company and you can make really strategic decisions. But without this kind of North Star, it's really tough to know where to head, let alone how. Because I think, you know, Everyone has to email clients. We care about what that looks like. And if you don't, you should not spend time building out a complete system around that. Like you should make templates that everyone sends and are probably automated. <laughs> you know, like that. Right. There's there are ways that you can do the exact same thing that are completely different based on where you plant your flag in market leadership it's it's really fantastic
0: well or you might use a tool that does it for you i think this mm-hmm. is one of the things i've i've really struggled with in several apps that are either you know a client portal or that will automatically email your clients or all these things that are that are really trying to make it easier for accountants which is great for accountants that are either focused on product leadership or operational excellence But every time I look at them and go, but what's the experience on the other side? Like, do clients like that? are clients looking for that? Like, because if you're worried about checking the box, that might be a great tool. If you're worried about your client having a great experience, that might be a terrible tool. How you make decisions about what kinds of tools you use, what kinds of process you set up, what kinds of training you do for your team. Even if your team is you, even if you're a team of one, um, this is still super helpful in deciding where you put your effort and energy, especially because so many of these these decisions are not billable. They're not technical work getting done. They're not something you can bill a client for. I mean, this is all that kind of organizational stuff that is Cost, You know, it's Mm -hmm. not like technical work getting done that we get to bill somebody for. Um, But it is in service of those things being done in a way that is not wasting time, wasting effort, creating confusion about what we should and shouldn't care about. It really helps get your team in alignment on what matters and where their time and effort should be primarily focused. And so this for us was super helpful in, in A, just removing the idea idea of value judgment. Like we're not saying we're a unicorn or like no other firms do it like we do. We're <laughs> saying this is what we care about. So this is how we communicate it to clients. This is how we, you know, show that across all of our touch points with clients. These are things we don't do or we don't care about because that isn't our focus. And it just creates that clarity that is so helpful to make sure everyone's on the same page to, to your point, Jill, of like you get the next account manager and it's not this jarring, like disjointed experience because, That next person is going to have that same bend of like, hey, I want it to be super easy to work with me, so I have connected with the last person who is working with you, and I got all this information from them, you know, I'm up to speed, like, you know, whatever you need, let me know. And it even, I think has informed, uh, we recently did a project of creating some client docs, which we had client docs. I don't know. You might track your client data differently. We have them in, in documents, um, that, we retooled it and part of the structure we added is things like how to build trust with this client, what their communication preferences are, like what whether they want, you know, things in plain English, whether they have more accounting knowledge and we might be able to use different phraseology in, in what we're sharing, like, and whether they expect, you know, or like faster responses versus, you know, don't really care about how quickly we get back to them. Just kind of all of that nuance. You only care about if client experience is your focus, that would have been a waste of time for anyone to put that information in. If our aim was product leadership or, Mm -hmm. or operational excellence, that would have been like, what are you guys doing? This is stupid. You know, But having a place to house all of that information so that we are like we know you, it's cheers, we know your name, you know, that I think was uh, was the kind of stuff that we do because we know where our focus is.
1: Mm-hmm. And I would also add on to that, I think you can have the same focus as another company and do it totally differently. Yes. Like our, Ours is you know, cl- that client experience. We want them to have a good experience working with us. We want them to say yes at the door and keep saying yes for as long as it makes sense on both sides, um, which I think you can care about that and approach it completely differently. So for example, we don't send clients spreadsheets. We don't send them questions in spreadsheets. We try to make that simple, plain English. But if you're a firm that cares about client experience and it's much more about the kinds of clients you work with and they prefer spreadsheets and they want to do that and that's easier for them and that makes their lives better, you can do the exact same thing in a completely different way and have the same priorities as we do, but have a completely different vibe, have a completely different way of doing it. So I think even within each of these, like even if we share a focus, the way you do it is your fingerprint on that. Like it's, it's your brand identity. It's your kind of culture in the space to kind of do with however you want. Like we, we like professional-ish communication. Most firms are much more on the professional end. And we're like, yeah, like we are professionals and, warmth, you know? So we're going to say hi instead of hello. And there's just small things like that, that when you identify your focus, make it really easy to explain the why to team members too. Because the why is just as important, I think, especially for our team. Um, shocking that our highly relational team cares about the why. <laughs> but, but they also care about the how. And, and it's our job to set them up for success and communicating with our clients well. But I think it's really helpful to know the difference between where your focus is and how you actually do that. It could be completely different even in that same same priority list. So yeah, I, I think it's such a helpful clarifier for this. Um and I think I think it's been hugely helpful in us building better process around what we care about.
0: I think that's right. And I will just say we do send spreadsheets to clients who want spreadsheets. So (laughs) I just want to make sure we're being as honest as possible. (laughs) We only send spreadsheets to clients that want us to send spreadsheets to them because that is easier for them. That's right. Our our basic assumption though is
1: that no one wants spreadsheets ever 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 ever. <laughs> we ever. want them, um, but you don't. Yes, you are not n- the accountant. no <laughs> non accountants want spreadsheets.
0: Yeah. So that I mean that is the kind of thing we we look at. You know, if someone is applying to work here, are they going to assume that part of their assessment should be sending a spreadsheet? Uh, and then we'll give them feedback about how we don't send spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> so I guess if you're applying to work here now, you got some in knowledge uh, just just in case this is, this is a tip for you. Don't send spreadsheets. Um, but (laughs) so, okay. Breaking this down just a little bit, depending on, on what your particular focus might be. I would say the vast majority of firm owners that I know are not focused on operational excellence. I think that is something more like QuickBooks Live or Bench or Pilot or these kinds of, you know, just get as many in the door as you possibly can. Doesn't matter how, doesn't really matter what their experience necessarily is. We're just looking at volume. We want to be the Walmart of accounting. And that is not the, that doesn't necessarily resonate with most firm owners that I know that went out on their own because they wanted to do their own thing. That tends to not be the thing. It could be for someone. And again, there's no value judgment in this, but that's not been my experience with most firms. They tend to fall in either product leadership or customer intimacy. So if you were product leadership focused, You're going to be positioning yourself as that most knowledgeable person as, you know, you have a highly trained team that you have excellent, you know, QA process and validation. Like you really are going to be talking about the quality of the work that you're doing. And that's going to be the value that you're presenting to clients. Like your stuff will be done excellently. Um, and you can plan on that. Like you can trust that. And that's going to be the value exchange that you're positioning there. So I would say in talking to potential clients and talking to existing clients and training your team and kind of all the different domains where you would communicate about your focus. That's really going to be the kind of language and and phrasing that you're going to use to position your value as being the best. Like we want to give you like the best, highest quality thing. So also don't be cheap. (laughs) (laughs) seriously raise your rates (laughs) um and also i would say um that you probably won't promise fast um because the that operational excellence piece is going to be that faster efficient that product leadership piece focus on quality on the best, you don't want to promise that you're going to do things quickly. Those tend not to align. Or if you do it quickly and excellently, then it's probably super expensive. Like, cause again, mm-hmm. you can't have all of them. So that's those, I think are that that's going to be kind of how you're going to talk about product leadership. If on the other hand, you are more focused on customer intimacy, whether that is that you niche in a particular industry. And so you're going to talk about how you know them, you know, the challenges of their industry, like, you know, the opportunities, like you're the expert in knowing them. So you're not necessarily going to position yourself as the expert so much as the person who best knows them and knows their challenges and their struggles and and knows how to help them because this is your people um, if you're not necessarily niched um, and we are not I will just own we have, a lot of overlap we have a lot of industries where we have multiple clients or a lot of kind of sectors where we have multiple clients but we're still a little more generalist in the you know we work with service based companies and nonprofits so that tends to kind of be our bend um all you e-commerce people, so grateful for you. Referrals mm-hmm. coming your way. All you law firm <laughs> people, like uh, got that thank you for your service. It, well, send, in, <laughs> send in those referrals your way. All you inventory peeps, uh, you know, y- you you keep doing thanks for luck. doing. <laughs> You're doing a wonderful job. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, that, but that's kind of our focus. We're a little bit more generalist. So this works too, even if you are not niched. So if you are more general, if you take on clients in different kinds of industries, you can kind of phrase this more in terms of like demographic, like here are the kinds of people that we like to work with. You know, we really like to work with, you know, family owned businesses, or we really want to work with people who are looking to grow and here's how we support them. Or so you might talk about who you like to work with a little bit differently Um, and you can kind of group that differently. But the idea is we really want it to be great to work with us. We want it to be easy to work with us, or we want it to be fun to work with us, or we want it to be enjoyable to work with us. However you want to position that, that feels genuine to you, but that's really going to be your focus is going to be on how it feels to work with you, not necessarily the thing itself you're producing. It's going to be in the experience of working together. So again, as you talk to clients, as you explain to your team, as you create process, all of those kinds of things will be in service for this aim of what it is like to work with us. So hopefully that breakdown is helpful in in taking this like nice idea and turning it into something practical that you actually do something with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think, you know, you mentioned earlier that this was super helpful in us identifying our ideal client. And I think that's like very helpful because it's easy to think about this concept in just how it looks internally, but based on what you pick, you will attract and not attract clients. So if your focus is on that product leadership, uh price conscious clients are not going to really vibe with that because it's yep. likely that your prices are quite high because you're delivering an excellent product. If your focus is on that operational excellence or operational efficiency, then you're going to attract really price conscious clients, but they might not love working with you because they're maybe they don't hear from you a lot or maybe they, you know, only get that deliverable but they're not going to be able to, you know, Sit down and have a conversation with you like your old chums. Like that's not what they're going for. Um, and for customer intimacy, you're gonna attract a specific cl- kind of client. And and I think price conscious is not typically that one because it's more expensive to care about how the client experiences. Um, but also. We tend to attract like really enjoyable clients, like people who want to have a relationship with their accountant, people who want to be able to lean on that as a resource, which is so different from what you'll get at a firm that... whose focus is operational excellence or operational efficiency. You will get someone who can explain stuff to you in a simple way. You will get someone who will remember your name and spell it correctly on the email. You know, So we'll, we'll attract different kinds of clients based on what we choose. And I think that that's really helpful in taking this from who are we to who do we want to work with? Who Who is our perfect ideal client? And we want a hundred more of those. And we want to kind of remove these price conscious clients because that doesn't align, or we want to remove these clients who care about every penny because that doesn't align. Like that's not how we work or whatever the case may be. I think it's, it's really helpful in transitioning this from just what's important to us. Why is it important to us? How are we going to make sure that that's how we're working? And then what are we going to do about that in terms of sales, in terms of how we interact with our clients and in terms of how we deliver our product.
0: Well, and if you can effectively communicate about this, you will also attract the right kinds of team members. Yes. Um, so as I was having this, this conversation with another phone or, uh, one of the other things he said, actually, this might've been a different conversation, but one of the things he said was being really glad that someone on his team is back because she can, um, handle the more prickly type clients. Uh, and in my mind, I went, Oh, we just don't have those kinds of clients. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> we we would have said no to that kind of client, and not that we've never had a prickly client, and not that you know we never will have one that that might sneak through, or we might have some that that have been good so far. But you know, everyone could get prickly from here from time to time. But mm-hmm. um, but knowing for sure that a client is that way and just going, oh, good, the team member who can deal with that is back so they can just deal with that. Sure. Product leadership focus, not a problem. All good there. That That's not what you're worried about. But then that also means you have to have team members that can deal with that wide variety of client relationships because that's not your focus. So they just have to be able to kind of, you know, deal with the PETA clients and, and not PETA clients and, and you know, flex on that. Whereas for us having this very relational focus, then we tend to not have clients like that. And then we attract people who really like that they don't have to have those PETA clients, or Mm -hmm. if there's something that happens with a client and they're getting upset, that there's a team behind that will support them and coach them in how to effectively navigate that so that we end at a good, effective client relationship because that is our aim and focus. So if you can figure out how to, well, A, just decide which one. Decide Mm -hmm. which one one. you're aiming at. (laughs) All of them are good. One of them should be yours. And I think if you're not sure which one, because this is a concept you haven't heard before, I would say whichever of these three options you kind of naturally gravitate towards, whichever one kind of feels like the thing you were already doing without knowing you were doing it, that's probably yours. That's probably <laughs> that's probably your aim. Uh, you just didn't know it was your aim, but you probably already have one. Um, so once you define that, once you decide which one it is, I would highly suggest sharing it with the team. That is the first thing that we did with this idea when we started to really implement it as, as like a business strategy. We just shared it with the team. We shared this concept and we said, hey, this is the one that we are. And this is kind of how we all want to get on the same page about focusing on this thing. And then figure out how you can effectively, continually communicate about it. Because just telling them one time is not enough. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chief reminding officer is my official title. uh, Because remembering is not a process. So I just keep reminding forever. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But keeping this top of mind, continuing to talk about it, continuing to clarify it, putting it in different places really helps get that alignment so that everyone knows what is most important. And man, you will spend so much less time and effort on things that you don't care about. And, And the time and effort you spend on things you care about will really be effective time spent.
1: Thanks for joining us. We hope you'll keep tuning in as we share how we are building a firm worth building going to be good.